You are now listening to the Keys and Anklets podcast, your one-stop source for frank and honest information about the hot wife and cuckold lifestyles. You can find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio, or you can head to www.keysandanklets.com and subscribe right from the website. Now, let's get to the good stuff with the host who separates fact from fiction, Michael C. Okay, we're about to hear from uh, from Scarlett again, so let's see what she got to say. This is from VEJ65. He is a Patreon supporter and a fan of the lifestyle, and he wants to know what qualities are vital to achieving success in the lifestyle as a whole. He says he's in great physical shape, but he's got a below average penis. Okay, P, why don't you go ahead and take this one first, brother? P. P. <laughs> yes. Okay. My, no, my, my, my question was like, just a, um, I didn't quite hear what he said. Was it, he has a below average. He was asking what qualities are, you know, do you find good that make a good bull? He's in great physical shape, but he has a below average penis. Oh yeah. I, I would say don't count yourself out ahead of time. Um, coupled with that, be honest about, you know, where you stand. So there are going to be some people who are more interested in the fact that you are a physical specimen than they are in the size of your dick. And those are your people. Mm -hmm. So don't count yourself out. Don't approach it with a negative attitude. If you think you can, you are right. If you think you can, you are right. Absolutely. It's Mm -hmm. about what you pursue and believe in yourself. So if you put yourself out there and say, you don't have to literally say, my dick is. Uh-oh. When you have a conversation, tell them the actual inches. Tell them all those things. So, um, you know, I think you, you definitely have a path, and there's people who do not want a large dick. Those are your people. Absolutely. All right, D, what about you, brother? Well, uh, I pretty much piggyback on the same. Uh, don't go in thinking that it's just all about your dick size, you know? And also, don't go and think about it, it's just always about your great physical shape. You know, you, your personality can win them over just as bigger, you know? And again, don't also, don't lie about your size. You know, your average or your below average may still be large to them based on what they have at home. You just don't know. So, if you can use your tool well, and you could cause some effect. Hey, hey, my brother, swing it that way. Uh, but like I said, don't count your out on your minimum shortcomings because your shortcomings can also be your greatest assets. Again, from a bull's perspective, the bull's point of view, you got to have uh, that self-assurance of yourself. You know, uh, no one can tell you, you know nothing less about yourself in a demeaning way. Again. So don't base this off your physical shortcomings, I would say, or your size, mm-hmm. your girth, or whatever the matter may be. No. Uh, a lot of people are size queens, and a lot of people aren't into all the sizes like that. So, again, your tool is your best friend. You no, know, Not sure how old this gentleman is, but I'm pretty sure he had his dick attaching him for a very long time, and he should be able to use it well to his full potential by now. So... Hey, brother, give yourself some self-assurance and uh, 
educate yourself on the Bulls' perspective. And if you don't know, ask. There's a lot of experienced Bulls out here that's willing to help you get along in longevity and to have a great pattern and success within this uh, dynamic. So again, minimize your shortcomings as a, a deflective, but just reassure yourself of the lane that you want to be in. And I think you'll be great. You'll be okay. Definitely, definitely. Um, I would say two points. Uh, number one, I guess it's, it's about what you value in yourself. In other words, if you remove the physical specimen part, if you remove the dick size part, what do you bring to the table? You know what I'm saying? Like, where, where, where mm-hmm. do you place your value? You know, just because you may not be the biggest guy or have the best body, you know what I'm saying? There are still other things that you can highlight. You know what I'm saying? There are other things that you can be proficient at. So don't be a one-trick pony, or in this case, a two-trick pony. You know what I'm saying? Have, you know, as, a, as, as, as a, an effective bull, as an accomplished bull, you want to have a toolbox. And you want to have a lot of different tools in that toolbox. Like, oh, you want this? Okay, I got you. Oh, you want that? Okay, I got you. You know, you'd be surprised with just good conversation or a good sense of humor. You know what I'm saying? Just because you may not be physically gifted doesn't mean you still can't be a nasty, exciting person in the bedroom. And the, 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 the second thing is, you know, contrary to popular opinion, not every woman is a size queen. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If she's a size mm-hmm. queen, cool. Don't invest any more time in that. Like the, the moment you find out she's a size queen, okay, cool. Good luck in your search. Like don't, don't even waste any time going down that street. Don't try to convince her. Don't try to, you know, oh, well, I can do other things. If that's how she gets down, let her get down that way. And you just keep it moving to the point of where course. you'll get to the point where it, it, be, it becomes like white noise. Like you don't even really hear it anymore. You know, it's like, oh, okay, that's what you're into. Okay, cool. And don't, don't invest any more energy into that. Because like uh, P said, I, I can't remember which one of you said it actually, just because you're not the biggest guy, you might still be bigger than what she's used to, you know? Mm-hmm. And some women don't want a really big dick or it's not very important mm-hmm. to them. So again, I would probably say, I would try to identify up front, yo, is your wife a size queen? Uh, yeah, she is. She's a big game hunter. Okay, cool. Good luck on your search. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. get, yes. that, yeah, yeah. get that shit out the way immediately so that if that is what she is, cool. I don't fit that. You know, for me, I'm a, I'm a slim guy. If I know a woman is into these hard body, seriously chiseled dudes. Okay, cool. I'm not that good luck. And you know, I hope you find a lot of that and I don't invest any more time in it. I don't judge them. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't let that take away from who I am. I understand that that's what, that's what they like. That's what they're into. I don't fit that ergo. I'm going to keep it moving. Yeah, it, you know, it reminds me too that like, let's be honest, like this brother does, this bull that's asking this question, he he probably is like most men. There's women that we are like, well, that's not exactly my type, but she has X, Y, and Z and now all of a sudden she's my type. And those exceptions to the rule also would apply to these couples and women. You may not be her dick size that she prefers, 
but you can bring other things to the table that make her go, well, that's not that important because look at this. So it just depends on, a, you know, the factors that attract them. And you're not uh, talking about being just a black guy that has sex with couples and, and swinging women. You're talking about being a bull. Right. Which, if you've learned anything from Michael's podcast, is a lot more than your dick, as you guys said. So when you add all those mm-hmm. other things that you bring to the table, you'd be surprised at how your dick size now is not the number one factor why she likes you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so true. No doubt. So hopefully that advice helps you out, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't don't get caught up in that. You know, find your worth. Like, there, there's more to you than just what people see. I mean, like, what can't they see? And let them see that. You know what I'm saying? So let's hear what, uh, what Miss Scarlett has to say. Oh, this is, this is a good question. I'm really curious to see how you guys answer this one. Here we go. This question is from Scott. He's a Patreon supporter, and he says he's getting started in the hot wife lifestyle. He asks, for the wife's first encounter with another guy, what do you think about hiring an escort? Our thought process is that we could hire a guy, let her meet him, and if all goes well, hire him the next day for the deed. On the various lifestyle sites, it's been crazy difficult, at least for us, to sort through all the flakes and other guys she isn't interested in to get to who she is interested in. She's had a few dates to break the ice, but scheduling afterwards has been next to impossible to pull off. We thought the escort might work. Your thoughts? Okay, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and field this, this one first. First of all, when, whenever I hear male escort, and this is not a bad thing, but whenever I hear male escort, the first thing that pops into my mind is Richard Gere in American Gigolo. Like, that's the, mm-hmm. that's the first thing that always pops into my mind. <laughs> and, and I would say this. If she's on board, like, what, what I won't agree with is the husband that hires the escort without his wife's knowledge. Like, that, I feel, is crossing the line. But if she's on board, because my thing is, I feel like that first experience is tremendously important. And the reason why it's important is if a wife has one or two bad experiences out the gate, then she may start to feel that it's her, that she's the one doing something wrong. She's the one coming up short, that it's her fault. And we definitely don't want the ladies thinking that. So I always feel that that first experience is vital. Now, if she's on board with finding the escort and you talk to this person and he can provide her with a fantastic first experience, then personally, I don't see anything wrong with it. But I will offer Mm -hmm. you this alternative. If you're willing to spend the money on an escort, then might you also be willing to spend the money to maybe find a qualified bull who maybe you have to travel to or who maybe you have to fly out to you. So you're still coming out of your pocket, but you're dealing with somebody who's in the lifestyle. In other words, don't limit yourself to maybe trying to find a local bull for her first experience. Mm -hmm. And if you set that bar high, if she has a great experience out the gate, then if her second or third time is with a lackluster guy, then she's more likely to think, oh, that's him. I had a great experience my first time, so I know it's not me. 
And that dud is less likely to have a detrimental effect on her as opposed to if she had that negative experience out the gate. So to sum it up, if she's on board with the escort, then find the best that you can find. But also think about the alternative, which is, okay, what if we think about a bull who is maybe outside of our area and we can take that money and get him a plane ticket and bring him to us, or we can go to him and make a weekend out of it and see a city that we haven't seen before or see a city again and maybe take that approach. So that's, that's kind of how I view that. So uh, D what you, what do you, what would your advice be on that? And and real quick, just real, just, just real quick, ladies and gentlemen, this is Michael's introduction to his Black Bull Destination Sexcation Travel Service. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody out there can contact Michael and he will connect you. I might, I might not be able to make the trip, but I know some guys that will. You know, I know, I, I, I know P likes to travel. <laughs> I think we all do. Yeah, and P is worldwide. I mean, his passport, his passport is stamped from all over the place. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, D. Sorry, D. No, no, no. No problem. <laughs> no problem at all. Uh, but, yes, I'm, I'm on board with the same thing, you know. If you're going to hire this escort, uh, she has to be on board, you know. Uh, the deceptive part, it, it can be, it can cause damaging effects, even to the fact that this escort this character that he may have to play what if she fall for this guy and she want to see him more mm-hmm. and everybody know the more you see something the more the demand then the more it comes of value to where sister it costs you more money that you probably can't afford you know and that's just pretty much the economic side of it but like you said broaden your range mm-hmm. of looking of your search uh it's so much, so much going on in social media to where you can, you know, pretty much, you know, you can limit it and you can use unlimited mileage to where you want to pursue. And again, like you said, make a trip out of it. Feel that connection via text, Skype, uh, whatever you want to. And then, like I said, let the anticipation build up that you make that weekend getaway or fly him in if you want to spend that type of money and invest for a great experience. But mm-hmm. the, you got so many setbacks, shortcomings, and on the negative aspect of getting this escort to where it can curve her to never want to be in the lifestyle again or pursue it or even have a conversation about it. So if you want to find great success into it, look at other options to pursue and find that bull specific to her liking and make sure you just build a certain comfort and then let the the like become mutual. Because I do believe that uh, if you're going to have that great communication and the pictures and videos and all that's enticing and the physical attraction is there, uh, I'm pretty sure that you got you and that bull can work out something of a travel arrangement if you still willing to spend that type of money for an escort. Because I would tell you right now, uh, the escort field is kind of the rates are kind of crazy. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you how I know. I'm not gonna, I mean, you know, we <laughs> we all have some we all have some uh yeah some histories in a lot of lanes. So uh, just let you know, it can be very very expensive, 
especially when it's coming upon the travel. So I would think that you will find more success better if you find that perfect bull that's willing to travel. And then you're not getting the character. You know, you're not getting, you're getting a genuine person that's in the lifestyle, that has the experience. And if you don't have the experience, maybe you two can grow together and learn, learn together. And that can be a great dynamic for both of you. You have your perfect bull. He has his perfect slut. Yeah, no doubt. So, yeah, uh, I would I would advise yeah. him just to broaden the range yeah, you, and uh, keep an open mind on all aspects of steady before you go to this character of a uh, escort. But if you're going to go that route, which I'm not going to judge, don't don't skimp on the money. Don't don't look for the Groupon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm about to say, dude, dude, don't don't go cheap. You know, uh, don't go to your brother. Don't go to your homeboy that's at the gym. And say, hey, I think my wife, I could pay you this because now he got to become a character. He got to build up the mentality on something he never done. Yeah. So again, yeah. make sure she's on board if you're gonna do this together. Again, it's a teamwork effort. Effort. So. Make it real. Yeah. You're going to wind up getting Dan Aykroyd, male prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> Deuce Bigelow. Yeah. If, yeah. Don't, yeah. You know, don't the be. The person on the fly is not what you're going to get. Yeah. If I you're going to. That for sure. The yeah. person on the fly is not what you're going to get. Yeah. If you're going to go the escort route, definitely don't skimp. All right. Uh, P, yeah, what, yeah. what are your thoughts on the topic, brother? Yeah, you don't want to end up with Rob Schneider when you're looking for <laughs> Richard Gere. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, what you guys said, I've never heard those solutions, but I think that's amazing. What, what Michael, what you just said, that um, you could spend the same amount of money looking for a very experienced bull, and you might have a better experience than if you actually paid um, a, a sex worker that is very experienced about things in general, but may not know the bull dynamic as much. Um, and also what D said about what if it goes well? Did you ask yourself if it goes well with this paid sex worker that's this much an hour? If she wants to see him again, are you going to be able to sustain that? Yeah. <laughs> so that's also a good point. I didn't think about that. Um, so I'm with both of those things. And also, I think just take a step back and ask yourself, what do you think this sex worker is going, what problem will he solve? If you, Either way, you have to have a man that you bring in that she jives with either way, whether it's somebody down the street or you spend thousands of dollars, either way, you've got to make sure that that's going to work. Are you assuming that because he's a, a paid gigolo that he is going to be the one for her? Cause that may not necessarily be a formula that works. So I would just step back and ask yourself, what are you thinking in your mind is Gigolo is going to provide? And will he necessarily be able to do that just because he's a professional? Um, so I kind of lean towards Michael's solution. Spend that money traveling to someone who has a great reputation, who you've talked to, who you've interacted with, and he might live across the country or across the pond. He might be in the UK or something. I don't know. Make something like that your investment as opposed maybe to the Gigolo. But all that said, I do think it could work. I think that these guys are professionals. And if you come across a gigolo who's like, I specialize in cuckold relationships, I specialize in being a bull, I think it could definitely be a positive experience. So, you know, if you've got the means, yeah. that could be, it could be a way to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great, mm -hmm. uh, great, great advice once again, my dudes. Great advice once again. 
All right, this is a, this is a question that I'm really looking forward to hearing how you guys uh, answer it. So let's hear what uh let's hear what she has to say. Hi, Michael. This is Ariana. Um, my question uh, is addressed to Black Bulls, um, and the question is, what does dominance mean to you? Um, I think you said once, or maybe it was Black Bull 100 when Venus was interviewing him, but I've heard. There's more to dominance than pulling hair and slapping asses. And being on the receiving end, I can attest to that. You know, some men play at dominance, which can be fun for sure. But to be with a true dominant bull is something else entirely. Um, as a submissive, all I want is to revel in my femininity and to receive. And when a dominant man takes control, even if he's ordering me to give him a blowjob, it allows me to relax, like entirely, like to my core. Um, it's a, a spiritual experience. Um, so my question, sub questions, so to speak, are: um, Have you always been dominant in bed, or is it something you learn? Um, and because I'm inter interested in the interracial aspect, is there something special about dominating a white woman? Um, and how do you dominate a woman without words? All right. Uh, P, I want to let you take that, take that one first, brother. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you, you've already heard that, you know, like Michael said, and I've said, um, interracial is something that I dig into. Is it different with a white woman? Absolutely. Um, I've said it before, I'll say it again. There's a reason why if you stop the average person on the boardwalk or in the mall and said, what do you think of when I say the word interracial couple? Nine times out of 10, it's not going to be a Japanese man and an Eskimo woman. Right. It's going to be a black man and a white female. Let's be honest. Yes. So interracial has a power. There's many different dynamics. A lot, all of it is interracial. But there's a power because of our history, especially in America, but frankly, globally, it's a thing, especially in America. We have a unique version of it, but there's an energy and there's a power to it. And like I said before, if you give something power and you feed into it, it gets more powerful. And that yin yang symbol, which, you know, not to make a pun, but that that is also the interracial thing. That is, is something I think that is unique at least for me and obviously for many others. Um, have I always been dominant? I think so. What I've noticed though, as time goes on, you know, the label of dominant, it's just my natural go-to is where I come from. Um, it's who I am. But then there's nuances that I've learned about my dominance um, as time has gone on where it's not so strictly defined, where I'm always dominant in every single situation. And this goes back to what Michael uh, talked about. I feed off the energy. And I'll put it this way. There's, there's a lot of dominant energy in me where I will receive worship. But there's also an energy in me where I want to give worship. So there is nuance to that. Um, and that was a, a longer question. I think I hit at least a couple of the things that she asked, but <laughs> yeah, that's my answer. All right, D, how about you, brother? 
Well, the the power and dominance and dominance for me is uh pretty much accepting that power over that woman and her trust me that I'm not gonna abuse it. You know, to the point of where uh, it causes causing physical or mental destruction within herself, herself, her mind, her body, and her core. So to give me that kind of trust and trust me that I'm not going to abuse it uh, is a great gift. Now, have I always been dominant? No. I, I'm like a light switch. At certain times, I, I it can come on, and then there are times where I want to shut it off. Because walking with the dominance or living with it can also bring on stress. And as you know, having somewhat of a submissive side or knowing how the feelings of it can be de-stressful. No, it can relieve it. So I have a light switch. I don't walk around like that way. And I'm not always that way all the mm-hmm. time. I'm not. Mm-hmm. No. So I, I, I have my moments, like I said, it's a light switch for me. Uh, when it comes to interracial, <laughs> I don't want to put a chauvinistic car, but yes, that dumbest does. It, it, the light <laughs> switch comes on. It does. Uh, again, I think it's instinct and primal that it, it naturally come on. Still trying to figure that out. You know, I guess it's the core from father, grandfather, great, great, grandfather, great, great, great grandfather, but it has been instilled within me to also mm-hmm. be that, that dominant bull. You know, uh, I saw the pictures. I, I read upon my generation and I, I saw the Mandingo side of my family because, and I'm not just talking about the size of our dicks. I'm talking about the, the physical specimen of those men and what their roles were in their employment, education, their household. It was always a sheer dumbness mm-hmm. within the, the, the paradigm of the family. And that mm-hmm. lineage has been broken down and passed to me. And also, I'm also trying to pass that down to my son. So even within uh, words or whatever, it's going to go to them through generation. Uh, trying to catch up on the other question that was followed behind it. They have multiple questions behind it. Yeah, I know she asked about the, like, what is dominance to you? And and she asked specifically about the, the interracial aspect of it. And also, like I said, uh, with, yeah, she also asked about dominance without words, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. She did say something about that. Thanks, brother. Yeah. Well, like I said, the dumbness without words is that I think is uh, you ever walked inside somewhere and somebody just knew, like, okay, you're that guy, your mm-hmm. presence, your approach. You know, that mm-hmm. women can women can see that out. They they can you know your walk, your presence, like you mentioned, your scent, your pheromones. You know, all those attributes of a great dumbness man is displayed upon him without even opening his mouth. He can, Like I said, he can walk through that door and he will have that aura about him. And women can pick it up. They will see it. So to have that kind of control in an environment that you can't, you don't control, it's fucking powerful. But it's something that if you can pay attention and embrace it, you will see it. You can see the effects of it. From the moment you walk in, and you just, you have your natural, you know, stroll through, through that environment or that that atmosphere, and people come to you, they will, you know, they will embrace you. 
They will walk up. They will speak, offer you anything, ask do you need anything, or whatever the case may be, or who are you? Because now you become that enigma that everybody wants to know. Absolutely. So the assumptions they have of you being that dumbest guy, they want to know. So you can feed off that shit, and they're going to feed and, and accept it. So I think that's more powerful of your pres- your physical presentation of how you enter the environment that you can't control can display if you're alpha, beta, or you're dumbest, but all submissive. All right. That's my take on that. No doubt. No doubt. Well, yeah. for, for me, I'm not going to answer the interracial side because you guys already went there and I echo what you said on it. So I'm not going to take up any more time by just repeating uh, what you guys said. What I will say about uh, dominance, as everyone on my podcast knows, I've owned a slave for almost 10 years now. And what I've learned in my journey through dominance, and I haven't always been dominant, but my first experience was playing with a cuckold couple and they kind of opened that door and it was like, oh, I like this. I'm cool with this. And it was just a natural progression for me. But what I've learned about dominance is from the outside looking in to the untrained eye, dominance seems to be about imposing your will onto somebody else. That's what the, the untrained eye sees, like giving orders and making somebody do this and making someone do that. And what I've learned in my journey is dominance is actually a lot quieter. Dominance is not about making someone do something or telling someone to do something. Dominance is about inspiring somebody to want to do everything for you to please you. What do you do to inspire that person? And when you're able to make that connection, it really becomes less about giving any type of order. It's just about showing that person a way to please you. One of the things that I always say to any woman I deal with who is submissive is, I would never put you in a situation where you have to guess. In other words, I'm going to tell you exactly what you need to do to please me. It's on you whether or not you want to carry that all the way through. In other words, if I tell you what to do and you do it, you are guaranteed 100% of the time to please me. You're never going to have to guess. You're never going to have to wonder what I want because I've laid it all out before you. All you have to do is follow what I tell you and you will be guaranteed to please me. And when you inspire that feeling in someone, everything flows like they, they, that, that, that's what drives them. How do I please this man? And if you lay that all out, it's a very easy road for them to follow. The other point I wanted to make is and I think that we would all kind of be on the same page with this. I'm dominant, but I'm not domineering. In other words, I don't, I don't approach every woman with the mindset of, oh, I'm going to try to dominate you. What I tell women is, if you're not submissive, fine. I don't have to dominate you. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to have that component for me to be able to enjoy an evening with you. But I will say this. If you're serious about not being submissive, do not display any submissive energy towards me. Because if you do, like blood in the water to a shark, I'm going to smell it. And if I smell it, 
I'm going to act on it. So if you don't want me to dominate you, cool. The moment you display, even if it's inadvertent, even if you're not aware that you're doing it, if I smell it, if I sense it, I'm going to act on it. And I'm, I'm going to mirror that submissive energy with my dominant energy. So if you don't want to be submissive, be mindful of that. Because I'm not going to force it on you. But if you open up that door, oh, I'm going to walk through it. Like, I, I can't tell you how many women I've met where it's first conversation. They're like, oh, I've had guys try to dominate me and it's not me and I'm not. And I'm like, OK, cool. And then you get to know them a little bit more and you talk a little bit more and you find yourself in situations. And all of a sudden she slips up and, and she lets something out. And it's like, oh, OK, yeah, you talked all that shit, but you got some submissive in you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you let something yeah. out and you, you let it out with the wrong dude. And next thing you know, she's on her knees calling you daddy. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, I thought you wasn't like this. You know what I mean? But you, you know, you, you let that out and I pounced on it. Next thing you know, you want me to put a leash and collar around your neck. You know, and, and that part of that part of it is fun to me. Like, I like it when that happens. I enjoy it when that happens because it's like, yeah, you thought you knew, but you didn't know. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's, it's, it's always kind of fun to to discover that. So that's probably the, the thing that I would want guys to understand is dominance is not. A, and that's why I say it's there's more to it than slapping ass, pulling hair and calling her dirty names. Like, it's not about imposing your will it's about inspiring her and you make her feel in such a way that her mind then shifts to what can I do to make this man feel good I just like mm -hmm. I get something out of pleasing this man that it drives me like my, my right my pleasure my satisfaction comes from knowing that I'm pleasing him like, and, and I'm, you know, I, I know you guys both swim in that end of the pool. There is so much power in the two words, good girl. There is so mm -hmm. much power in that. Fuck yeah. Like, if you're going to deal with a submissive woman, then you damn well better know how to feed her submissive spirit. Mm-hmm. If you know how to feed yeah. her submissive spirit, all bets are off, man. The, 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 the sky is the limit. I mean, the sky, yeah. the sky is the limit. So the, the submissive is a, is like a vase. Mm -hmm. She's a, she's a vessel and she's looking for somebody worthy enough that gets her where you can pour your dominance into her. But your dominance takes the shape of that vase. Absolutely. Another submissive mm -hmm. is a different shape. So you're absolutely right, 100%. And what, what Dee said is also true. We've all heard a variation. I'm sure in every culture in the world, there's a variation of the biting dog don't bark. The biting dog's too busy biting to bark. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that whole thing about, like, how do you do it without words? You need to be able to do it without words. You need to be able, words are a tool, but we all know, we all been in that bar with the dude that's yapping about fighting and ain't going outside. 
the dude that really <laughs> wants to fight is already outside waiting. Yeah, you stay ready. <laughs> so <laughs> you stay yeah. ready. You talking? You talking because you don't really want to go out there. You're talking because you're trying to delay. And so that whole thing of talk is great. Talk is a tool, but if you are only dominant through words, that may not be the full form of dominance that you know a woman is looking for. Because I think D is right, and you too, Michael. It should be conveyed with actions. Last thing I'll say, Ariana, good girl. <laughs> no doubt. She, t- <laughs> she, she told me. Well, I, I know Ariana, and she told me that she was going to maybe do a make you know put a question in. So yeah, I just wanted to tell her, good girl. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Feed that submissive spirit, brother. <laughs> <laughs> One thing you never say to a submissive is thank you. You never ever. They don't want to hear thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you, it's not saying that you don't have manners but it's it's just it's not what they want to hear it's not having the effect that you think it's having don't ever say thank you to mm-hmm. a submissive I'm saying mm-hmm. alright so uh, we're going to hear from another listener and, and Patreon supporter and it's I'm, I'm glad that she participated in this so let me go ahead and get to her question here we go We are Patreon supporters. Um, and my question is that when you're pursuing a couple that's new and isn't exactly sure where they fall on the hot wife, stag, vixen, cuckold couple spectrum, how do you guys prefer to approach communications? Do you guys prefer to just to speak with the couple together? Do you prefer to talk to the husband and wife separately? Do you prefer to just talk to the wife or just talk to the husband? And if you already knew this this couple from somewhere else, and now you're deciding to pursue them for play, does that change your approach of communications? Were you able to hear? Were you guys able to hear that? I know she kind of talks kind of softly. Yeah, I heard it. Okay, I I, I love her voice. (laughs) (laughs) She she doesn't know how sexy her voice is. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. you know, I know Pagan, yeah. you know, is conversed with her through our Discord chat. Like, she doesn't realize how hot her fucking voice is. So anyway, D, maybe that's you, why. Maybe that's why it's so sexy. Yeah, <laughs> she doesn't even know. So she don't know. All right, D, why don't you take that one first, brother? <laughs> so the approach uh, with, a, with a newer I couple. Actually, like, how do you approach a newer couple? Which actually, I just actually did that tonight. Uh, but what I did was I actually approached them together. You know, I, I had the conversation with them both and uh, I wanted to make sure that we both agreed on the core definition of stag and vixen and hot wife and cuckold because if they don't know the definition, how would they know where they want to be or what lane or dynamic they want to pursue? So I pretty much we had to have that genuine conversation and where they're most comfortable at. And uh and so from the, upon the comfort of, of the conversation, you know, we kind of start, sort of start leaning toward the individual conversations, the conversions amongst each other, uh, based off their lane that they want to be in. You know, most stagnant victims want to sometimes be included when uh, the uh, cook, cold, and hot wife, they also have an open understanding to know uh hall pass to have the to have that thing amongst themselves so i pretty much give them that individual time also now if i'm approached by other people based off who they were 
or who they are, as in uh, Stag and Vixen or Hot Wife and Cuckold, I still give them that same approach. I don't assume based on what other people say about them. I still keep an open mind that they may want to try something different, you know, which we all, I'm pretty sure we all have seen that, you know, where you had a, a dominance, a dominant or a stagging vixen, and then they switched to, you know, being a cuckold and hot oh, yeah. wife. Yeah, they, they would definitely so, make that transition. Know, <laughs> of course. So I don't try to go in with that same, I keep an open mind, but I just keep that same conversation as if they are a new couple that's entering the same uh, dynamic. Um, just pretty open and honest conversation. And then we just go from there. Again, like I said, I, we I always take time and comfort above anything. And time and comfort will bring on the closeness. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, P, how about you, yeah. brother? Yeah, the, uh, real quick, the second part of her question was just like, if you've known a couple in a different dynamic and then you interact with them as a couple or hot wife couple, what's the difference? Was that the second part? I, th- I think the second part, she was saying if you approach a couple, I guess on like some friendship first, and then you realize mm-hmm. that you want to play, how do you switch oh, that okay. up? Okay. Well, that, that can be a quick one for me because I've never done that. I've never approached people that I've met vanilla, really. I've always kind of approached them through the context of a website or a recommendation well, from another couple. Let, so me, I, I, let me let me pause you for one second. I'm going to tell you something that I wonder if you thought about because this is a situation that I found myself in. Think about this. Mm-hmm. If you remember when the pandemic started, I started doing these, um, those happy hours. And I'm mm-hmm. sure when you came into those happy hours and you met those couples initially, you didn't approach them as, hey, I want to be with your wife. You got to know them and we were all friends and then things developed. So I think that maybe you have found yourself in that situation where you started oh, off yeah, yeah. just like not even thinking about them that way. You, you know, in your mind, you were like, hey, if the opportunity presents itself, I would like to. And then through time things shift and you're like, oh, okay, I want to pursue this couple. So I think that if you think about that yes. context, you have found yourself in that situation. Yes. I know I have. Although, <laughs> yes. Although I will say, I don't personally think that your happy hour was full of vanillas and I'm just meeting them as a friend and then things progress from there. There are people who are interested in this lifestyle to some degree, mm-hmm. which is the same oh, as absolutely. if I go on Cassidy. Yeah. Or if I go on a website. So if I understood the question, it was more like everyone I approach is friends first, no matter if you got on a, a, a gimp mask and you're hanging from the ceiling. Like I got <laughs> I got to, I got to approach you as a friend first and see and get those answers to Dimitri's questions. What do you mean by hot white? What do you mean by you're a cuckold? All that stuff. Um, but yeah, in terms of like communication, um, I think that's a really good question for this reason. There are bulls who are extremely good at communicating or adept at it, or it's just their thing. Um, somebody like Michael, you are clearly a communicator. It's why you have a podcast and not a newsletter, right? Um, okay. You're, you're someone who can, who can talk to people, make them feel comfortable, and you're doing it literally around the world. Everybody's not a Michael, though. So for me... I'm, I don't think I'm bad at communicating. I'm, I'm a communicator. 
but I'm also like very career oriented. I don't have always a lot of time depending on when you hit me up. So I think that this question is extremely important for everyone to ask the bulls that they're dealing with and the bull to ask the couple. And I found it helpful for me because I may not always like, if you text me, I may not text you back right away. I might not text you back till that evening when I get off of work or, you know, I might not text you till the next day. And I don't want to offend people. And I also don't want them to conflate that with a lack of interest. Me texting you that evening is the same as another guy texting you right away. I'm, this is just my time where I'm turning now to my phone, to the pleasure side of my phone. And I'm, you're the first one I'm texting back. Right. But if I don't right. communicate that with you, you, you might compare me to another bull and be like, well, this guy's not interested. No, I am interested. But I, it's my burden to communicate that to that couple and let you know that this is what you can expect from me. And I'll be honest, there's been women that I've been extremely interested in that have intrigued me, who have made me change my pattern, who have made me text more than I normally would. I'm going to be honest. So <laughs> there, when I realize, oh, your expectations are here, my normal pattern is here, I'm willing to meet you here because I have that much interest. So communication, I think is important. And this question is a great question for this panel, but I think it's a great question for people to always ask whoever they're starting to interact with. What does your wife consider a good amount of communication? You know, what does she consider? Like it's, it's an insult if you do this or that, just have that conversation like you would about other things. And then you guys all know, okay, I get it. If he doesn't hit me back until tonight, but that's okay for this guy because I get it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I guess her question as far as like approaching a couple and talking to them, whether it's her or them or him, my preference, I always try to talk to them and by them, Mm -hmm. it can be a group text. It could be me having a conversation with her while simultaneously having a conversation with him, you know, as I've, as you know, and I've said this before, there are questions that I will specifically ask a husband that I won't ask the wife just because I, I, I see husbands in this lifestyle as like, they're the insider traders. They're giving up all the secrets. You know what I'm saying? They're, 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 yeah, they're giving you the blueprint. They're, they're telling you her favorite mm-hmm. word. Like I might ask her a question and she might be reluctant to give me you know, the real answer because maybe it's new and she doesn't want me to get the wrong impression about her. For whatever reason, the husbands usually aren't encumbered with that. They'll, they'll tell you everything. They'll spill, they'll spill all the goods. Yeah. They'll spill all the goods, Mm -hmm. you know? So even Mm -hmm. if I'm not talking to them in the same group text, I'm still letting them know I'm talking to both of you. You know, and I'll even let the wife know, like if I'm talking to a wife, I'll tell her, hey, text your husband and tell him you're talking to me. Just because I want his mind to start racing. Well, what are they talking about? What did he say? What did she say? Like, I, I want him to start mind fucking himself, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and to echo what, what, what you, what you brother said, you know, it's important to have that communication and, and, and those lines of dialogue open. So that everybody is constantly on the same page, mm-hmm. you know, and there are some couples you deal with where you find out that, you know what, 
this husband's not really, his thing is not being engaged. And that's cool. But I like to let them know up front that I'm more than willing to engage you both. Now, if that's not your thing, cool. But I'm not going to start it by directing all of my attention towards her. Like, I'm going to let him show me or him tell me that, hey, man, being involved at that level is not really my thing. As opposed to me making the assumption that Mm -hmm. he's choosing to not be involved. So therefore, I'm starting out by not including him. I'm going to I'm going to come into it, including them both. And sometimes it's the other way around. I mean, I have wives that I that I deal with where when I'm with them, she's in the moment. But when we're not together, I'm the furthest thing from her mind. Like she like she puts the lifestyle completely on the back burner and she's focused on being a wife, being a mother, being a career woman. So in those instances, I actually talk to her husband more frequently than I talk to her. You know, so it's each each couple is different and it's about, you know, I think a key thing that we all share is adaptability. I'm saying whatever the situation is, we can adapt to it. Mm -hmm. And not only can we adapt to it, but we feel comfortable adapting to it. Like it takes, I think for all of us, it takes a lot for us to be pushed out of our comfort zone. You know what I'm saying? Like we all have Mm -hmm. that chameleon, that chameleon aspect to us where it's not just being a chameleon, but it's about, I'm comfortable wherever. You know what I'm saying? Like I can, I can, I I have multiple lanes that I can be in. I can Mm -hmm. still stay in my lane, but my lane is not one lane. My lane is multiple lanes and I'm comfortable driving in whatever lane your relationship requires me to drive in. You're not going to make me feel uncomfortable because I adapt so easily and so readily. So whatever you need, I got you. You got them. Yeah. Whatever you need, I got you. Just be honest with me about what you need. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, you're, you're adept at adapting. Yeah. Absolutely. Now I'm going to play, her second question is very much in line with her first one, so I'm going to play it back to back. But here's a mm-hmm. Mayo again. Hold on. Hi, this is Hotline Mayo, and we are a newly cuckold couple. And of course, Michael, we are Patreon supporters. Um, and my <laughs> question for you guys is, in your ideal situation, how frequently would you want to be communicating with a hot wife or a hot wife couple? And did you find that the length of time you guys had to build up before you guys could actually get together or play change the frequency in which you wanted to communicate with them. Uh, uh, P, you want to take that one first, brother? Yeah. Do, do you mind just uh, saying that again? Cause it was a little muffled for me. Yeah, it was for me too. Uh, let me try to play it again. Let me try to play it. I'm going to turn the volume up. Hold on. Hi, this is Hotline Mayo and we are a newly cuckold couple. And of course, Michael, we are Patreon supporters. Um, and my question for you guys is, in your ideal situation, how frequently would you want to be communicating with a hot wife or a hot wife couple? And did you find that the length of time you guys had to build up before you guys could actually get together or play change the frequency in which you wanted to communicate with them? Okay, she was asking about uh, the frequency, like how often do you want to communicate 
do you like to communicate with a couple? And does it change? Like when you play, does it change the frequency with which you communicate? Like I said, I I wanted to play it back to back because we kind of touched on it on her first question. I know you guys kind of touched on it. So I just want to play it back to back so you can kind of build on it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I can go super quick to your point. I, I, I actually went into that in terms of personally for me. I, I don't know how to compare myself exactly to other people, but I, maybe I'm like in the medium area where I will communicate, but I'm not a constant communicator necessarily. Uh, depends on what they what they want. But I will say this, as the time approaches for us to get together, absolutely, 100%, I'm communicating more. Um, there is definitely the buildup aspect of it, not only for me, but for them. So I'm much more engaged, uh, first of all, on the logistical side. I mean, you need to know where the room is and, you know, where I left the key and where to park and all that. Right. But also just in terms of the buildup for them, I start engaging more. Sometimes, as you point out, Michael, it's with the husband more, um, with her definitely. But whatever that dynamic is, as the time approaches, I got to I gotta feed that energy. And not like I got to, like it's a, it's a need, it's like a want. Um, I'm feeling it more and I want to share it with them. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. As it approaches, um, I'm, I'm much more engaged and we're communicating a lot more. And I will also say after that, that night or whatever, that weekend we're together, it's kind of like the afterplay of communicating when it's over and when they're traveling back home and when they get back home, just, you know, checking in with them and letting them know I can, you know, I hope the last time wasn't the last time. <laughs> no doubt. What about you, brother D? Well, I do. I, I strongly believe in uh, the buildup of it, the buildup aspect, and uh, it's uh, there will be a lot of communication. You know, especially with the husband, because you know the husband. You know, you're going to assume that he married his best friend, and uh, he knows so much about her. Again, but those degrees of communication would be different. You know. As you know, you said, P earlier, you know, the logistics side of it and the detail, the husband can give you the ins and outs, you know, and also you can also uh, form a duration and destination, hotels, mm-hmm. and all those aspects to make the date and the build up even better. Now, for her, that form of communication would be more of a, a foreplay, enticing, pleasing, pleasure. Hey, look, baby, why don't you wear this? You know what? I think you should put this on. Oh, by the way, what you really want to turn me on? Have on some fucking red lipstick. And by the way, don't wear any underwear. You know, you want to build up and build that sexual tension because by the time it get, by the time he he bring her to you, you know, is built up and the anticipation is there. Uh, now after the fact, again, I want to. I still want to keep that open communication. I want to know what were their experiences like from their point of view? What were their feedback? How did he see her react prior to being with me and then another guy? Uh, what were the shortcomings? What were the the great parts for her? What did she really enjoy? You know, again, my communication with both of them would be open and frequent, but it would be two different subjects. You know, again, but on her side, it would be me feeding her and still feeding her, especially if the uh, the play and the interaction was great. I'm going to feed her ego. I'm going to you know. I'm going to share everything with her, how she pleased me, 
and so forth, looking forward to it again. And as for him, you know, it's going to be more of a, on the logistics side again by thanking him, as well as, you know, what more could be done better? What is that she was looking for? You know, you want to make the second one even better. And also know that from the first one and the second, it will build up to a third and then possibly something long term. So, you know, I do believe that I want to keep that communication going as openly, as honest, and as frequent as possible. We're engaging them both of them in different subjects and aspects, but also to bring on the comfort. So that's mm-hmm. my take on it. No, absolutely. Um, it's, it's no secret to anyone. I've said this before. For me, I'm, in a, I'm in a completely different boat. Because for me, I don't, I don't have a vanilla life. You, you know what I'm saying? Like for me, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm neck deep in this lifestyle 24. Like even my home life is, is lifestyle. My job is lifestyle. And of course, you live in my, a dream. my personal we, we life. We get it, Michael. We get it. You live in a dream, dude. Like what oh the hell? God. You ain't got to rub it in our face. <laughs> <laughs> Give me application. Good God. <laughs> I got, I got riffers upon riffers and resumes, brother. Good God. <laughs> so, yeah, so anyway, my point being, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm in an advantageous position as far as being able to communicate and I keep crazy hours. So, you know, it's, it's all I'm saying is it's a lot easier for me to text. You know what I'm saying? And for me, I will communicate as frequently as she gives me feedback to communicate. You know what I'm saying? Like if I send you a message and you send right, you know, you send one right back, that can spark a conversation. Mm-hmm. If I send you a message and you don't respond to the next day, okay, cool. Or if I see that, because I understand just because I'm 24-7, I don't expect everybody else. Like, I understand everybody else has real life shit to deal with. So mm-hmm. I, don't ex- I don't take it personally. I don't expect other people to be able to, you know, respond back. But one of the things that I do like to do is I like to let a wife know, hey, I was thinking about you. Hey, I was, I was looking at some pictures mm-hmm. your husband sent me and you popped into my head. Hey, I heard this song and I remember you talking about it and, and it po- you popped into my mind. You know what I'm saying? And if she wants to, to let that bloom into a conversation, then cool. If not, I get it. I just wanted to let you know I was thinking about you. you mm-hmm. know? And so for me, again, it's energy. If I, if I feel like you want to be engaged in having a conversation, whether it's regular real life stuff or lifestyle stuff or sexting or whatever, you know, let's do that. If you don't have the time to do it now, Hey, hit me up when you're free. You know, don't, don't be afraid to hit me up late at night because chances are I'm up. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I I, I keep these vampire hours, you know? (laughs) So it sounds sounds like you're, you're matching their energy. Like you talked about before. Yeah, absolutely. And if, if it's not matching mine, that's cool. Like, I don't, I don't take it as, oh, well, she's not interested. It's just, you know, she's got a, she's got a lot of, she's got a lot of shit on her plate. I mean, she's working, she's being a wife, she's being a mother, she's running a household, you know, she doesn't have the time. And so I don't, I don't, I don't take that personally, but I naturally, I give attention. 
if it's somebody that I, I'm, I'm interested in, I learned a long time ago, I'm not trying to be too cool for school. If I'm into you, I'm going to let you know I'm into you. Whether that's me saying, hey, I was looking at your pictures, whether that's me saying, hey, I was watching that video of you and I just had to go and rub one out to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I will let her know that not only am I thinking about her, but when I think about you, you make my dick hard. Like, I convey that because I, I, I learned a, a, a while ago that, you know, women like to be lusted after. You know, they, 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 they respond well to that. They respond to the guys who are not afraid to let them know that they, like you affect me, you have an effect on me and I'm going to let you know that you have an effect on me. You know, so that, that, that's, that's, that's where I stand on that. Uh, I, th- yeah. I think I think we need to hear from Scarlett again. <laughs> you guys ready? To hear from Scarlett? <laughs> no argument. No argument. Yeah. Uh, All right. So let's 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 hear from Scarlett. Let's hear what she's got to say. This is Cuckoldress Scarlett, Patreon supporter, Cuckoldress, and friend of the show. And I have a question. I'd like to know: Do you have plans to do one of these bowl roundtables live? And if so, how hot would it be for a bunch of wives and cuckoldresses to be tending to your needs while you're recording this episode and if so i just want to say oh, 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 i will be there somehow where i watch i will be there i just think it would be oh, so, oh my god that, just know you've got me waiting in the wings i love these episodes thanks so much Oh, the, no, the award tower, for best idea ever goes to <laughs> Wow. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. We, let, let's all take a moment. You know, let's all take a moment. Yeah. yeah. It's not, Ooh, it's not like we have like... to answer whether we want to do that. It's not like there's an answer needed. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. That, pretty that, obvious. Yeah, that's so, more like, of her making a statement. That's not even a question. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's not even a question. That, 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 since you brought it up before, that falls on with a piece of like, Logistics, like how do we make yeah, that happen? Exactly, oh, I know the perfect <laughs> spot for that. You know what I'm saying that's that's not even a but, but it sounds hot, but man, like there wouldn't be a lot of questions answered in that episode. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that'd be yeah. like, a, like we would all be extremely would, distracted. Yeah, it would be a different kind of questions. Let's put it that way. You know, like we 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 be giving longer answers because I can see myself, like I can see like. P sitting over there like I need like five more minutes. I need like five more minutes. <laughs> I'm not ready yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not yeah. I'm, I'm almost there, but I'm not ready yet. So you need to keep talking like five more exactly. minutes, brother. Five more minutes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, oh my God. You know the shit that just oh, popped up in my head. Yeah. Now yeah. I can that, see Michael that, right that's, now. A, that's hashtag goals right there. Yeah. That's a that's a good idea. Now I think what would actually be would actually might work is if we had Scarlett there by herself so that while one person is answering, she can be taken care of, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ah, okay. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, the, okay. The, the other two. You know what I'm saying? That way 
we could kind of rotate. Love it. You know, it's like volleyball, rotate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I love that idea. You know what I'm saying? And, and, Man, y'all yeah. guys will be, woo, you guys will be like, D, she's talking to you. D, oh, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was busy. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how many questions would actually get answered, you know, She'd have yeah. a ball. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, let, yeah. Let, let, let's say that. She 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 would she would definitely have a ball. Um, okay, these last it's, I got I'm down to the, the last two questions, brother. So we're 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 coming to the end of this. And I just want to before I get to the end, say, yo, thank y'all for being so patient. And I knew this was gonna be a long one. And I'm glad that y'all took time out of your schedules to to you know to do this. I know my listeners are gonna love it. No, for sure. Yeah, no problem at all, my brother. For sure. So I have a question. She actually submitted this to me through text, which is V. She asked the two questions earlier about his, like your, you know, um, the, the the early question. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head what they were, but she asked two questions, and she was curious. Do you ever lament the lack of diversity in women to play with? She said it seems like older white women are in abundance, and younger women of color are scarce. When you date, are your preferences different? Uh, D, why don't you go ahead and take that one first, brother? No, it's uh, when I date, it's not any different. It's uh, the more like uh, the women of color. I think they are misinformed or they're not getting the right information to have great success within the lifestyle because I, I open the door for anybody, you know, any woman. But I do, I, I, I strongly stress to them, like, look, there's no pressure to play whether you're black or white or whatever. But to engage and have a good time, I try to, even in the social aspect, go for it. Uh, again, you're entering a lifestyle environment. This isn't vanilla. So you kind of got to change your mindset. Now, I've and I actually had this issue at a Splash Mocha where this one black lady was just sitting there talking and I was like, hey, pretty lady, why are you just sitting out here? She's like, I'm not used to this shit. I can't do this. I see these white women doing this, but I, that's just so not me. And I said, well, why are you here? She said, well, I was told that I could come in and have a great time. I said, well, yeah, you can. All you got to do is go in that door and do it. I said, there's your wonderland is right through those doors. And I found that she was so afraid, but yet again, she was so misinformed because she always she thought it was just about a black and white thing. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, sweetheart, you are a beautiful lady. Take them fucking clothes off and climb in that bed. <laughs> and I said, you, mm-hmm. I said, if you have an insatiable side that want to come out, your Shira, that purr, I said, baby, get on that bed. I said, let's make it happen. And I walked her there, I grabbed her, I placed her on the bed, and brother, she had a fucking ball. She couldn't believe <laughs> the dick she took, and she was like, from hearing people call her a slut, and from, you know, the urban side is kind of derogatory. But she embraced <laughs> it in at Mocha. So she, she saw that it was a good thing, and it was a great thing, it was empowering. So she embraced it. She had a great time and she couldn't talk about it. Brother, hell, she just signed up again. She's coming again. <laughs> hey, well, I hope to see her in Atlanta. She embraced mm-hmm. it. And again, like I told her, I said, sweetheart, this is the problem that, you know, you, you're being misinformed. This is not just a saying that this is a black and white thing. 
sweetheart. You can come here and find white dick. Like, if that's what you want, you can find Spanish, Latin, Asian, whatever, if that's what you want. You don't have to be stuck on the paradigm that you need black on black or the, the black man got to come and pursue you and get you a drink. No, those dynamics are out the window. This is not just about that. You don't have to follow mm-hmm. the lead of a white woman. But just know that if you make it hard, that white woman over there, she don't have on no fucking panties and she's ready to take on so much dick as possible. I'm not telling you to do that, but I'm just saying, you yeah. know. Path of least resistance. Go have, have fun. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to hurt your people. eyes if you, yeah, exactly. I it's p- not going to hurt at all. What about you, P? Um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I like white women and the lifestyle is one of the main things that I enjoy is interracial. Because mm-hmm. for me, that uh, we've talked about that. Um, in terms of dating, or even in the lifestyle, in terms of what I pursue, though, it by no means is the only thing I pursue. You know, I live in a very ethnically diverse area. I'm lucky to have people from all different ethnicities, and they could be Asian or Pacific Asian, or there could be people, uh, you know, they could be black. Um, a lot of Hispanic people where I live all kinds and I find beauty in all of it. Um, so, you know, when it comes to dating, I'm open to everything. I will say this though, you know, I'm honest about what my kinks are and what I'm into and in the ethically non-monogamous way. I'll be honest, man. Come on for black women to wrap their head around the fact that you like white women as much as I do is not an easy road to hoe. Right. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's just the reality of it. It's culturally, um, there's a reason why you don't see as many people of color swinging. Um, especially in the, white, especially in the wife sharing side. People of, it. of color. Yeah. It's, it's, um, there's more stigmas involved. Uh, a lot of religious ones, some in just societal. Um, in terms of our heritage, where it's just not, not, we're not as open to it as our, especially American Caucasian counterparts. So that creates a smaller pool. Mm-hmm. Now you add on top of that, I'm honest about it. And I'm like, I like white girls and don't get me wrong. You can do it. Like I do it. Um, you know, being with a woman who's like, literally was told me like, oh, I get it. Again, like if I, if, if this is a black woman, if I had, if I was a black man, I'd like those white girls too. That's the kind of girl I have to be with. Yeah. The ones that get <laughs> who, it. Mm-hmm. Who, they get it. And I just have to be honest, it's rare. But once you find that, you want to talk about a unicorn, mm-hmm. that's a unicorn with, with Pegasus wings that shits out rainbows <laughs> because <laughs> it's, it's, it's so rare on top of everything else. A black woman that'll dom a white couple with me, oh my God. Yeah. Dude, I'm in heaven. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So it's possible. It's not frequent, though. I just got to be honest. Yeah, it's no, not it's not. It's not as a, common. It's not at all. But in terms, in terms of what I pursue, as much as I love interracial and all that stuff, it's not the way I approach relationships in general. It's not even how I approach what I would, you know, uh, who I would approach at a swing party. It's just who I'm attracted to. So when I'm honest about the interracial and how much fire and energy I have for it, 
while that's the case, it, it doesn't exclude other types of play for me. No, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, as far as how I see it, I'm like you guys where my door is open. You know what I'm saying? It just so happens the pool that we swim in is occupied predominantly, you know, by white women. Mm-hmm. But I have the same level of lust towards black women, Asian women, Spanish women, you know, uh, you know, uh, Indian women. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, it's about, are you able to sexually express yourself? What sexual energy are you bringing? You know, one of my most memorable women that I've met in this lifestyle, and I believe I may have even shared a picture with you guys, is a black woman. And in my eyes, she is like the, the perfect slut. You know what I'm saying? And when we get together, we have an amazing time. And like, 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 you know, like what you said, Pagan, she's got that attitude. Like she is that unicorn. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And not just being able to be dominant and being able to get it. But she and I have a dynamic where she is submissive to me and she's, and I've told her this, she is like the perfect swing partner because she's the type of woman that she gets off on being used. So she never views it as taking one for the team. You know what I'm saying? Like use me, fuck me, fill me. I'm happy. I mean, and, you know, she's in the military, so I don't get to see her very often. I mean, because she's always getting stationed around different places. But, man, let me tell you, she is a winner. I mean, beautiful yeah. black woman. You know what I'm saying? Just got it. And like what you said, if I had it to do all over again, knowing what I know now, the one thing that I might do differently is I probably would have put more effort into finding a black woman to walk this path with me. Because like you said, P, if you've got that black woman by your side that can get into that space where she can dominate a white couple, a white woman, a white husband, it mm. opens up so much. It's so much, man. It opens up so much. So, mm. yeah, so to answer her question, do I lament it? In some ways I do. Like, I wish that there were more women of color participating in this. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I wish that, mm. you know, there were more of them. I wish that they could see the beauty in it and let go of all of that baggage that unfortunately so many of them carry around. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wish that they could, mm-hmm. they could let that go. So we're down to the final two questions, brothers. Down to the final two. So I have a Patreon supporter uh, by the name of James. So this is your question, James. What do you look for in couples? Like, what stands out to you when you're approaching a couple or when you're getting to know a couple? D, won't you go okay. first, brother? You said, what am I looking for? Yeah, like what do you what do you what is your radar up for? Like what stands out to you when you when you meet a couple? Well, of course, you know, uh it's all about the physical first, you know, your your eyes as well attract, you know. Uh if I see that nice curvy 
<laughs> See, man, why you do this shit all the time? God damn it. <laughs> no, me, you know, you know, it's more like, look, I, I, I rather, before I see a pussy picture, I like to see a whole body and I like to see that woman in clothes. That would get me going. So if I could see a woman in a nice outfit or that couple and she's just rocking that shit and she's curvy and nice and all well put together, yeah, I want that. That's what I want. And uh, that's my mm-hmm. approach. God damn it. That's my <laughs> approach. Uh, see, I lost my train of thought, dude, just by yeah, thinking you, about that yeah, shit. Yeah, you're still reminiscing about the day. See, <laughs> you, see I'm saying? You, you're a little bit distracted over there. <laughs> no, it's just bad. You know, I, I, it's like I get so busy with the detail and the visual of it. And uh, again, like I said, it's what my eyes see. And the bonus is when the personality rivals her beauty, you know. And also with mm-hmm. the guy, you know, if he's a sure handsome dude that's sure that his of his wife sharing dynamic and he's I'm not here understand I'm not a threat and he could be a great guy and a great potential friend, that's also heightens that rivals it, that heightens uh, the attraction. And that's what I look for. I look for that connection. Again, I'm not looking for numbers bed notches and everything. I'm looking for longevity in his lifestyle. I'm looking for those friends that uh, you have a, a long-term connection. I'm not saying a long-term relationship. I'm saying a long-term connection. I mean that, that that doesn't go away. You may not speak or see each other, but you still have that connection. And that's what I'm looking for. That's what I want. That's what I drive to. No doubt. I'm sorry, but I went off. I went off from that, but because I'm still caught on this visual, this woman I got in my head It's <laughs> fucking with me. Yeah, God, that's damn. the best reason. That's the best reason ever. No, absolutely. But I tell you, I'm gonna come back to this question though. I'm let you guys talking that until I get this picture out of my head. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> P. What you what you got for us, brother? What do you look for? Yeah, I'm trying to. You know, I'm trying not to repeat anything that we've talked about because this question kind of hits on some of the other stuff. You know in terms of, you know, uh, an energy that matches yours, um, an intelligence and, um, someone who goes deeper than just the surface. Um, it's, it's why you graduate, you know, not like it's a competition, but you move from, I'm just a a guy who meets couples to I'm a bull. There's a difference. Mm -hmm. So those things that when you, when you progress, you need people that have progressed with you that the things that you started out with are just a little too surface and you need people that are clicking with you and your kinks, you know more about yourself. And I want people that know more about themselves and what they like. Um, and Michael, you pointed out, like it, it, it could be a thing where it's like, Oh, well, our energies aren't exactly the same or we're not into the same thing. Cool. Uh, right. Success. You know, we, we figured that out. Uh, you know, God bless you on your way and, and you do the same for me. All of that, you know, is what I'm looking for. Cause also, I think when you become a more experienced bull, more seasoned, I'm trying to use all these adjectives that, you know, mean you're older, <laughs> you, said old, you're, huh? pick, <laughs> you're picking your battles in terms of like, well, I know I'm not into that, or I've seen this so many times, the husband is clearly the one driving it and she's not into it. You know, there's so many things that might've taken you a week to figure out before and you can tell it in a text message. 
so I'm looking for all these little signs and stuff and I'm adding my experience to it and my knowledge of myself. And I'm basically, for lack of a better term, I'm looking for the yin to my yang. I'm looking for a match. I'm looking for someone that is that vessel I can pour my energy into, but also I am absorbing their energy. I'm looking for that. So a lot of the factors we've talked about earlier in the podcast, mm-hmm. but um, I think that that, that that package is what I'm looking for as opposed to, you know, a, a 19 year old version of me is just like, Oh, I'll just take what I can get here. Oh, I'm just, that's fine. That's good enough. Right now. Good enough isn't good enough. Now I just, you know, I have so many people that I have such a great connection with by comparison. I need something like that for me to add another person into my circle. So hope yeah. that answers it. No, definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, for me, one of the things that I, I, I really enjoy about this lifestyle is Let's be honest. We get so much variety. You know what I'm saying? And what I enjoy doing is kind of turning down the volume on my preconceived ideas and what my preferences may be. And I try to keep an open mind. And my thing is, from a physical standpoint, I try to find something about every woman that I deal with that I find attractive. It can be the way she looks. It can be the way she sounds. It can be the way she walks. It can be her demeanor. You know what I'm saying? Like, as long as there is something for me to hang my coat on, as far as I like this about this woman, because they're all different. And I like my experiences to be different. You know, I'm of a mindset where if I go into it, always trying to stick to what I like, then I think that breeds repetition. You know, like for me, that means that everything is going to be kind of be following the same linear structure. And I don't, I'm not in this for linear, you know, so it could be a tall woman. It could be a short woman. It could be a thick woman. It could be a thick woman. I mean, a thin woman. It can be white. She can be Asian. She can be black. She can be Spanish. She can have short hair, long hair. You know what I'm saying? Like I enjoy, like, what is it that makes this woman unique? You know, for one, it may be her, her outrageousness, you know, how outspoken she is, how, wow, mm-hmm. she really embraces her slut and she's, you know, she'll tell anybody who will listen. Whereas this woman, it may be, mm-hmm. wow, I, I like her shyness. I liked her demureness. You know what I'm saying? I like the fact that she doesn't yet know how sexy she is. You know, I like the fact that, you know, she's not confident yet. Maybe I can help, you know, get her to be more confident in herself. So I, en- I enjoy the variety of it all and giving people an opportunity to say, okay, what is it about you that makes you unique? What is it about you that makes you special? And I've learned to em- em- embrace that. And as long as I can pinpoint that one thing, then I know I can have a great time with her as opposed to getting in my own head and saying, okay, she's got to be this, she's got to be that, and she's got to have this. Because now I'm, 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 I'm closing the door on that opportunity to experience, you know, that variety. Because I'm sure we've all been in that position where, you know, you're talking to that woman or you're dealing with that woman and she might not see in herself what you see in her. Oh, man. Yeah. And you unlock that and you unleash this fucking panther. Mm-hmm. 
to all of a sudden she's saying things to you and she's taking pictures for you and she's making videos for you and you've just unleashed this side of her that for whatever reason, maybe someone else or other guys have never really invested that time because she's not the head turner when she walks in the room. And that's enjoyable to me. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I derive an extraordinary amount of pleasure from finding that one thing about her that excites me. You know, so that's, 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 you know, that's what I look for. I'm saying, okay. Isn't that, isn't that what we, isn't that what we all want? What you just described, man, we all want somebody to see us for who we are. Absolutely. And maybe even, maybe even some things that we don't even see in ourselves. Those are the people that we have those bonds with in life, you know? So it's true of, of the wives we deal with, but I think it's just, true of humans you know that's how you make that connection absolutely all right fellas last question last question this is it this has been a long night (laughs) yeah i'm saying i'm i might have to break this up into like two parts this is going to be a two-parter when i release it you know what i'm saying it'll it'll, it'll give people (laughs) a lot to listen to and a lot to digest the last question comes from two of my patreon supporters they kind of ask the same question so i'm going to combine them this is from uh i don't know if it's pronounced abby or abe but this is for you brother uh he's a bull and also another question from James, and he's a stag. And their question is, and I'm not even going to say what has been your wildest or kinkiest experience. I'm just going to say one that comes to mind, a wild or kinky experience that, that you've had. P, I'm going to let you go first since you wanted me to give you the questions before, beforehand so you could think about it. So, uh, Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be honest, or like I always say, I'll, I'll tell you honestly, or I just won't tell you at all. Um, I'm not, my, my kinkiest is not ready for public consumption. <laughs> yeah, that's, G, that's, G, um, that's G7 clearance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, but my, my, my G4 clearance, um, the first thing that came to my mind was um, this, this couple, couple, couple that I'm really have a great synergy with like just you know on and off the field if the field is the bedroom and um the the night that i you know people that have interacted with me sometimes i'll bring like what i call my my black bag it's you know it's got some you know ds domination stuff in there you know that kind of stuff um where I basically, you know, tied up the husband in different forms of fuck furniture (laughs) and then put his, put, put his wife on him and then use her how I want it. That was one of the kinkiest, most fun experience that I, it, it popped into my mind immediately when this question was asked. So yeah, that was a great night. He loved it. Never had anybody do that to him before. But just to feel him getting used while his wife was on top of him and I'm putting him in basic positions is just like that made him into a prop. Right. But obviously is much more than a prop because the way he could feel the energy with us while being restrained and unable to do anything else, it put him in a subspace that was amazing. So yeah, that 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 would be one of mine. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take the second one, D. I'm gonna let you uh you know, yeah. back, back clean up on this. You're going to drive the runs in. 
But one that stands out to me, and I've, I've actually spoken on this before, and it hasn't changed, was actually the experience that I had at Splash last year. You know, because it was a, over a period of days, like it wasn't just one night. You know, so I, I had a wife with me and seeing her progression, you know, like when I first met them, I remember her husband saying to me, oh, well, my wife is not really the submissive type. She's not the type that would wear a leash and collar. I, I, I asked him a question about would she ever wear a leash and collar. And he was like, well, I don't, I don't know if she's a type. And, you know, I don't know. He wasn't sure. And so we had gotten together a few times and then we go to Splash and D, you were there. So you may remember every night I'm walking this woman through the entire hotel, elevator, hallway, playrooms, oh, lobby. And she, collar. yeah, she okay. had a leash and collar and not, it wasn't just that she had a leash and collar on. It's that this woman was standing tall, yes. head up, shoulders back, like, Proud. like, it's one thing to have a woman mm-hmm. on a leash and collar and you're walking ahead of her. It's another thing when you have a woman on a leash and collar and she's walking ahead of you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like where she's out in front and you know, I, you know, everyone knows I love to share. So I shared this woman all weekend. She was happy to do it. She was in her element. And then at the end of each night, we got to have our time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. being that this was over a period of days, this was a Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. You know what I'm saying? And then mm-hmm. on my way back home, you know, I got to see her again on Sunday night. So it was like a period of days where we just got to like live in the moment, but then relive the moment over and yeah. over and over and you know seeing her husband seeing her in this light to where I'm looking at him like yeah remember when you said you didn't think that she was the type that could wear this look at her now you know what I'm saying look at her now not just look at her now but look at how proud she is to be in this position I mean old girl was strutting through that damn she was hotel strutting, bro. She was fly as hell. I yeah. remember that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I was like, who is this brother? Who is this brother right here? <laughs> see Michael, we haven't Michael, we haven't met when you did that. Yeah, I, so know, you, I know. I was like, who is this brother right here, man? Like, where's this man crowned at? <laughs> I'm supposed to be the host of more because this brother walking through with a slave on I'll be like, man, that's the most gangster shit. I, man, that was the most gangster shit ever. I said, man, somebody get me a cape. I gotta outdo this brother. <laughs> yeah, you have no who. Yeah, no. So that was <laughs> yeah, like like seeing the way she just embraced that whole weekend with with a level of fearlessness and n- not compromising anything. It was it was beautiful to watch, man. It was it was it was beautiful to watch, and it was beautiful to be a part of of her growth. So that that, mm-hmm. that that's that's something that that stands out, I'm saying, in, in my mind. So the, the spotlight is on you, D. What you got, brother? Well, I'm not going to share the most kinkiest because that's too recently. <laughs> but I will share a kinky moment that happened. Kind of sort of, but it also happened at Mocha in Atlanta where I uh, called on to a, a cock 
worship. She was a she was a cop worshiper, and uh, oh man, this everywhere we went, she was hiding behind the doors watching me. I walk in the hallway, she was there. I do a seminar, she was there. Michael, I was at your seminar, she's standing behind the door watching me. So it got to a point where I was like, who the fuck is this chick looking like the grudge staring at me? Her hair was <laughs> over her face. Like, you just see her eyes. <laughs> so, you sound like she's a yeah, Japanese I mean, ghost. <laughs> yeah, it was like scary. It was It was like, like who is this chick? Brother, is crazy. Like, you ever just caught somebody standing behind the door like, looking at you? And, yeah, you know, yeah. she was just everywhere I went, she was there. So I was like, I, I need to see who she is. So, you know, uh, you know, put my grown man on. I walk up and introduce myself. And she's like, yeah, I know who you are. I'm like, oh, oh okay. So she, then she started telling me. She said, well, I'm a cock worshiper. I said, you a cock what? And she said, cock worshiper. And so she go, well, take me to your room and I will show you. Ooh. And now, remember me going back? I said, I'd never been pampered or treated like for by a couple, mm-hmm. but she did it as a unicorn. <laughs> and that mm-hmm. shit was amazing. Like, you had your your own subservient slut that do any and everything. Mm-hmm. It was so crazy to where I, I fucked her and did everything I could. She came in the shower, give me, give me a full shower, make the bed, and sit in the fucking corner and watch me fuck the next couple. She went even farther that she dumbed the husband. She sat on top of the husband as if he was a stool and watched me fuck the wife. I hope you got her number. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bro, I, Man, I, I, got I was about to ask for it. God damn. Yeah, yeah. I hope Man, you keep in touch with her. The, oh, of course, she's coming to Mocha again. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and this is my friend, and, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, brother, yo, you gonna meet her. Like, <laughs> she was on point. Bro. Like, she did this the whole fucking weekend. And she had her own five-star room. Her own five-star room. When I needed a shower, she she refused to let me give myself my own shower. She made my fucking bed. And she sat there until I got through the next couple. She was there. She was through it all. And and again, That's... you know when they say, uh, fuck till you can't fuck no more? Mm-hmm. And, and as soon as I get out of the shower, she's there trying to service me again. To prep me as a fluffer to get me ready for the next couple. Oh, wow. Massage me. Make sure all my my muscles throughout my body is fully relaxed so I can get the next couple of ultimate pleasure. She was by far the perfect kink, kinky slut for me. Damn. So I didn't want to go into much detail what she did because... Well, we, we got imaginations. Yeah. We got imaginations. If I say what she did, then you actually know, and I don't want to put her name out there yet, but you will meet her in Mocha. I'm, not, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to it, brother. I'm looking forward to it. Well, that's it. So she's by far. You know what I'm saying? That's but that's it. the way to end it. That's yeah. the way to end it right there. Yeah, that's, that's why my man was batting cleanup. He sent it out of the park. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Again, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you, brothers. I know this has been a long night. I mean, we three hours in, man. We did three hours. And what amazing. We did three hours. Yeah. I mean, so thank you. Went by quick. Yeah, Went by quick. I, 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 it sure I, did. It went by fast. I definitely don't take for granted that y'all could just take three hours out of your schedule and sit down and talk. 
what I'm saying to me about all this stuff and, and answer my listeners' questions and everything. So thank you, thank you, thank you. you know I mean, I'm humbled by it and I'm greatly appreciative of you guys taking the time out to do this. I know that my listeners are going to enjoy it. Again, just a shout out to my Patreon supporters. You guys know what I think of you. I wouldn't be able to do this if it were not for you. So I may not call you out by name, but no, I appreciate the hell out of you. I mean, and I'm going to be driven to keep creating the type of content that you enjoy so that you will remain patrons. I'm saying for those of you who are not yet patrons, maybe this will be the episode that will convince you to, you know what? We want to see this Michael C. guy continue doing what he's doing. He's doing a tremendous service to the lifestyle and we, we don't want to see him stop. So hopefully, you know what I'm saying? This would be the one that, to, to get you to sign up. It, it's not expensive. It's just a couple of dollars, but it, it uh, collectively, it goes a long way towards giving me the opportunity to do what I do. So fellas, anything that you, you guys want to say to my listeners before I let y'all get out of here? I just want to tell them both, I mean, tell everybody that I thank them and I love them too. Yeah, uh, I, you know, right back at you, Michael, in terms of like, we appreciate you, brother. You don't want to create this platform. You do all this hard work. So just to have this community and the ability to give back to others and, and speak about these things is amazing. And also thank you to all the people who wrote in because, you know, we wouldn't have nothing to talk about. So that was really appreciated. And one last thing, because, you know, Michael's too much of a gentleman. If you're not a Patreon supporter, what are you waiting for? <laughs> this for real, this really, man is putting out this content. For? If you're listening to this episode, this ain't your first episode. You've been listening for a minute. So <laughs> support it. Support it. This doesn't happen for free. It allows him to create it. And it's just a few dollars. So, yeah. Yeah, you gotta you gotta support what you love, and and this is there's a lot to love here. So, how did the commercials go for the price of one cup of coffee? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Know, Michael, really, Michael, you're doing a great job, my brother. I strongly do. I, hey, brother, I praise you, and I thank you for the platform uh, above any and everything because you also have made my journey just as bigger and better. So, I thank you on that aspect. Mm-hmm. And though what mm-hmm. better way to educate your fellow patrons with also entertaining them. So again, I do advise everybody to sign up, you know, and uh, tune in because they're going to be more. It's going to grow. It's going to get bigger. And the education, mm-hmm. as long as you have an open, open mind, you have those questions, hey, bring them in. We welcome it. That's and what's my, to your fellow patrons, I, hey, brother, I thank you. Truly do. Well, that's what's up, man. You too, brother. You too. All right, man. Likewise, well, with that, likewise. With that being said, I'm your host, Michael C. This has been another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast, my special bull roundtable series. And I'll see you when I see you. Peace. <laughs>